Why the unselfish win? I didn't name this why the weak win, because sometimes people confuse the, the two. There's a big difference, obviously, between unselfishness and weakness. But why did the unselfish win? I mean, you might not actually believe that, but let me let me explore this a little bit and then see what you think. So, if you believe that we live in a marketplace of ideas, in a marketplace of values, so, for example, well, before I get to that, Zig Ziglar said famously that you can get anything that you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And I think it was maybe Peter Diamandis that says, if you want to make a billion dollars, help a billion people. And I think it was Dale Carnegie who may have said that, I put qualifiers on this because, you know, I, I've read a lot over the years, so it's possible that I'm misattributing from one person to the other, but I think I, think I have it accurately. But anyway, Dale Carnegie, I believe, said that um, you can get more in a month. Maybe it was two months or three months, I forget. But you can get more in a month of listening to other people's dreams or something like that than in a year of having them of trying to convince them about the value of your dreams. And I, I think that's true. I mean, human nature is self-centered, but spiritual nature, spiritual nature is always the opposite. Like, human nature believes you have to do everything for yourself, the works of the flesh, but spiritual nature believes lives by grace and faith, inspiration, you know, all the fruits of the spirit, of which there are many. And so going to the marketplace of ideas and, and value. So there's something in business called product market fit. Or as Y Combinator famously describes it, I think, and others, you know, make stuff that people want. They don't use the word stuff. But, you know, what happens is people get grandiose, carried away with their own ideas. Like there's been famous examples of people developing like seemingly great products that nobody wanted. You know, I think like the, um, what was that famous scooter? Um, it was like a hoverboard or whatever that, uh, the Segway, like everybody was gonna buy a Segway and I think they put like maybe a half a billion or a billion dollars into it and hardly anybody bought them. So you're supposed to actually buy stuff that people want, you know, test it in the market and see what people want. And it's the same thing in life. A lot of people do things in not only business, but relationships, that the other person, like people have different love languages. Like you, the love languages are gifts, touch, I think maybe speech, I forget all of them. But if you're not speaking the right love language, what people are receptive to, a lot of people give the gifts, and I don't mean just physical gifts, but including physical gifts, that they would like to receive, rather than being able to put themselves in the perspective of the other person because what motivates one person is not what motivates another person. So a good manager, a good friend, a good husband, a good wife, brother, sister, mother, father, 
to treat people fairly doesn't mean you treat everybody equally. You treat them equally in value, but you know, if you're going to give one incentive to one person that they like, but the other person hates that incentive, and you say, well, I'm being fair by giving everybody the same, I mean, you should give everyone probably the same pay for the same work, because that's probably illegal not to. I'm not sure exactly, but, um, you know, I'm not talking about not using common sense, but, you know, different people are motivated by different things, and different things are important to different people. So you have to kind of like they say, you know, read the room or, or know who you're dealing with, know your audience. Let me give the example that I've given before of a supermarket. So you can always tell if something is providing a lot of value if people are buying a lot of that stuff. You know, when you go to a supermarket, because obviously people want to eat, you know, that's kind of a high on the needs, <laughs> high on the list of needs. Um, you know, there's if it's a popular supermarket, you know, there's a lot of people there. And... Um, you know, some stores you go into are, are barren or empty. You know, it's kind of a sign that, um, you know, people don't necessarily want or need what they're selling. And when you go into a store, whatever kind of store it is, you know, if you think something is worth a dollar, you'll pay a dollar for it. If you think something is worth $100, you'll pay $100. Or if you have it and you think it's worth a million dollars, you'll pay a million dollars for it. So... I heard once, or maybe more than once, that you know things are worth what people are willing to pay for them, and there's certain things that people are willing to pay a lot more than for other things. So the way to increase your value in the marketplace is to have skills and attributes that other people want. Like they say, would you date yourself? Would you marry yourself? Would you be a friend to yourself? You know, it's like Gandhi famously said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. If you want to attract something, be it. You know, if you want to attract, um, you know, kindness, be kind. If you want to attract generosity, if you want to attract self-discipline, the things that you want to attract also want to attract you. If you are those things, then let then like attracts to like. And in terms of being unselfish, um, so I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I think it, uh, I think it all ties together. Um, you know, people want to get a good deal in life. I probably should have said this at the beginning, but people want to get a good deal in life. So, you know, if there's like a store that's giving away like great products at low prices, you know, everybody's going to buy it. If there's a relationship where, a, you know, a person's very generous and strong and, you know, whatever qualities, you know, a lot of people are looking for, a lot of people is going to flock to that person. I mean, if a, if a professor is a great professor and, and really inspires people and teaches you a lot of important and specialized knowledge, you know, a lot of people are probably going to, you know, take that class and rate it highly. So to be unselfish, you have to, like, focus on, on your market and, and, and other people and what they want. And, you know, like Zig Ziglar said, you can get, you know, pretty much anything you want in this life if you help enough other people get what they want. The corollary of that is that if people don't like you, it's going to be hard for you to get what you want. And this is, you know, obviously people talk about it's important to be liked, it's important to be respected. I think both are important, and I don't think they're as different as, as um, you know, they're often made out to be. But, you know, most of the things you want in life are going to be channeled through other people, even if it's God or life or the universe channeling it. And if people decide, I don't want to help this person, I don't like this person, um, you know, sometimes people may be forced you know, it's like if you go to a store and you pay money, 
you know, they pretty much have to give you the product unless you, you know, do something illegal. Um, but, you know, you get a lot more if people want to help you. You know, it's like employees in the company, if they have to do something, they'll, they'll do it if they don't want to get fired. But if they want to do it, they'll go the extra mile. They'll do more. It's the same in the relationships and in life. If people feel inspired and grateful and appreciated, that's why appreciation is important. And appreciation, you might have heard before, like in language that, or an influence that 7% of influence, they, I don't know how they got these numbers, but they said 7% of influence is the, uh, might have been 9%, something like that, 7 or 9% of influence is the words that you use. I, I think words are actually very important because think about all the words that you remember that people said that you love or you don't love that hurt, hurt you or, or healed you or helped you or gave you joy. So I think words are more important than 7%. But they said, um, you know, maybe 20 or 25%, I forget exactly, was the tone of voice. And the rest was body language because what happens is, you know, like how you feel about yourself, how confident you are, you know, what your assumptions are about the world, like whether we live in a friendly or hostile universe and your expectations about whether other people are going to be helpful or unhelpful. All those things are conveyed, I think, like in your demeanor and your attitude and your probably your, your walk and your, you know, a lot of other nonverbals. So when you project onto the world, there's a famous saying that says, you know, smile in the world smiles with you, you know, or laugh. I forget if it was laugh or smile, but frown and and you live alone or something like that. And it's true. It's kind of like everything in the world that you're looking for basically exists. Like if you want to find happiness, if you want to find unhappiness, that's why they say people are generally about as happy as they decide to be. You know, if you want to find comfort, if you want to find discomfort, if you want to find love, if you want to find fear, you know, the universe is a pretty big place and you can find like atrocities easily, but you can also find generosity. And what you pay attention to gets larger, you know, what you focus on. Because, like, if you're always focused on how much people hurt you, you know, then it's kind of like you're replaying it in your mind and it becomes like your reality. If you're always focused on, you know, that the universe is working for me or with me um, instead of to me, then, you know, then you feel like everywhere you go, it's like, oh, here's another blessing, here's another miracle. So it's really what you focus on. And just to end again on selfishness, that, um, you know, life is, you know, whether you call it karma or the golden rule, life is really kind of like a boomerang that comes back to you. So all the love that you put into the world comes back to you. And if you really enjoy helping other people, it's like such a blessing because... That's really what we're here for. And there's a famous saying by Lao Tzu. I forget exactly how it goes, but it says, the greatest leader is the one where when everything is done, the people say, we did it ourselves. <laughs>